I'm Brett McGarry. He's Jeff Braun. We are the Couch Potatoes. And it's time now for the April Movie Preview. And new this weekend, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin become bank robbers in Going in Style. I'm seeing an overdrawn balance in your daily checking. Yeah, my mortgage payment tripled. I disclosed the possibility of a rate hike during your refi. Do you remember that? Now. The three men walked off with $1.6 million. They choreographed it like a dance. A conga line right in the prison. They didn't get caught. Semtex no Steel has frozen all pension payments. No. I'm thinking of robbing a bank. I'm thinking about buying a Ferrari. I just got drafted by the Knicks. Good week for everybody, huh? The three old-timers <laughs> are good buddies who've retired. You like that one, huh? <laughs> That's great. They've retired from the factory life, but the factory's screwing them out of their pension, so it's bank robbing time. But of the Robin Hood variety, the noble armed robbery where they steal from the rich to give to the poor. Let's go get our money back. Yeah. You pick exactly what's on the pension, right? That's all I want. What if we get more? We give it to charity. Of course, almost nothing goes according to plan, and hilarity ensues. Weirdly enough, Zach Braff from Scrubs is the director, even though this in no way resembles anything he's ever done before behind the camera. We'll talk more a little bit later in the show. I'll have a full review later on of Going in Style. We're going to need professional help. You think? You 5-0? We're practically 8 0 <laughs> I get it because they're old. That's right. <laughs> ah, that's a great cast. I'm looking forward to the review. Also, this weekend, something just in time for Easter. I've spent my entire career as a journalist uncovering the truth. Until the day my wife presented me with the biggest story of my life. The Case for Christ. That's the name of the movie, The Case for Christ, based on the best-selling book from Lee Strobel. It's described as an ideal Easter season movie for anyone who has ever pondered the existence of God and what role he could play in their lives. So it's based on Strobel's life, set in the late 70s, early 80s, when he is an atheist, He's also an investigative journalist with the Chicago Tribune and sets out to debunk the claims of Christianity. How can we even talk about historical evidence for the resurrection? The Gospels are filled with contradictions. The empty tomb is based on evidence. And isn't evidence your trade? We all bet our lives on something. The question is, what's it going to be? As much as I would like to help out a fellow skeptic, what you're proposing is impossible. The reason he sets out on this mission is to save his marriage, which is not going so well because his wife has recently discovered her faith. And remember, he's an atheist at this point. Awkward! Could Jesus survive being spiked to the cross? There is no evidence of anyone ever surviving a full Roman crucifixion. Just because I write something down and I bury it in the dirt, it doesn't make it true. But I felt it was something more real than anything I've ever felt in my life. Jesus! 
Mike Vogel plays Strobel. You might remember Vogel from Under the Dome. If not, he's been in lots of stuff. Like Cloverfield. His wife is played by Erica Christensen. Or should I say Christensen? And the movie also stars Faye Dunaway. Eventually in this film, as Lee chases down the biggest story of his career, he comes face to face with unexpected results that could change everything he knows to be true. No one's ever proven if the shroud is the actual burial cloth of the Christ. But whenever someone looks in those eyes for the first time, suddenly becomes a real person. Also new this weekend, the Smurfs are back. Is this the Lost Village? <gasps> um, guys? Who are they? Oh, Brainy! That was Brainy Smurf being smurfed by a flower and then smurfed onto the ground. Smurfs The Lost Village is the third installment in the Smurfs franchise, although this one's sort of a bit of a reboot. Back in 2011, the first Smurfs movie came out. Let me get this straight. You're being chased by an evil wizard. Smurf Zackley. Stop saying Smurf for everything. Smurfity Smurf Smurf Smurf. There's no call for that kind of language, laddie. Combining CGI Smurfs with humans like Hank Azaria as Gargamel and Neil Patrick Harris as their guide to New York City. Oh yeah, it also took place in New York City. Unlike every Smurf cartoon ever made, which was set in and around the Smurf village in the woods. Despite being dumb and terrible, the Smurfs movie made half a <laughs> billion dollars around the world, so there was a second one. Master, let me get Smurfette. We've got to find Smurfette. Are you coming with us? Is a Smurf's butt blue? You tell me. <laughs> 2013 Smurfs 2 only made a third of a billion dollars, which is still a lot, so here we are. But Smurfs 3 is different. They got a whole new voice cast, and the whole thing is animated, no humans, and it's set around the Smurf village, or a lost village or something. I must find those miserable little Smurfs, Azriel. Find them and rid the forest of their nasty, rotten, wretched little blue hides once and for all! On April 14th, we will finally learn the fate of the Furious. God. Alright team, listen up. This crew is about family, but the game has changed now. Dominic Toretto just went rogue. The Fate of the Furious, a.k.a. Fast and Furious 8, sees Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto turning against his team for some reason and joining up with the bad guy, this time played by Charlize Theron. So it'll be up to The Rock and Michelle Rodriguez and the rest to bring Dom down and figure out what's going on. I know it looks bad. Don't give up on him so easy. You've only got one chance to make this family whole again. Don't do this, Dom. You ready? One thing I can guarantee, no one's ready for this. Theron? Charlie's Theron. Yeah, I remember how we did a whole thing about this last yeah, week. Yeah, I, I can't. Was it? I think it was the Atomic Blonde trailer a couple of weeks ago, okay. where I did my big diatribe about how frustrating the confusion about her last name is. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Charlie's Theron is the big bad this time around, described here by Kurt Russell, who's a good guy. 
She's the very definition of high-tech terrorism. There's thousands of cars in this city, and now they're all mine. Now I know what it feels like to be every cop ever chasing us. Wait, wait, wait! What was happening there is that Charlize has some kind of computer that allows her to hack into all the cars in New York City and control them remotely and use them as weapons, making them rain out of parking garages and things like that. The bad guy from Furious 7, Jason Statham, is back this time as well, much to the rock chagrin. You want to tell me why you just put me in a room with this teen crumpets-eating criminal? You know, I think that tight t-shirt's cutting off the circulation of your brain. You should get bigger size. You guys are going to work together. Love to. Vin Diesel doesn't say much in the trailers, probably a good thing, but he does get one outburst. London. Abu Dhabi. Cuba. Our paths have crossed before dawn. You just didn't know it. I think I need to remind you why you chose to be here. I got no choice! Anyways, it all looks very nutty and it looks like it'll be a ton of fun. Take the wheel! What?! This is crazy! Alright, you get style points for that one. Woo! Hang on to your ass! Couch Potatoes April movie preview continues in a moment. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad, he's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes doing our April movie preview. We are on to April 14th. The big one that day is The Fate of the Furious, but there's also something out that day for the kids. It's a cartoon called Spark, a space tale. And tail is spelled T-A-I-L because it's about animals in space. There was a time when kingdom was perfect. Then, the ultimate evil invaded our world, Emperor Zong. (laughs) He destroyed our planet and took the royal family. The universe is mine. (laughs) But someday, a hero will set things right. Whoa, Floyd, you're lucky I have cat-like reflexes. Spark is a monkey who lives on planet Banna, which has been all but destroyed by the power-hungry General Zong, who wants to take over the universe, and Spark wants to do something about it. I've been sitting on this rock for 13 years. There's gotta be more out there for me. Aren't you supposed to be in bed? I'm not a kid anymore! Huh? Your hand? Don't you realize what this is? What? It's the seal of the royal family. What? Your Highness? Apparently Spark's kind of a big deal, and he needs to use his big dealness to stop Zong from using the power of an ancient beast known as the Kraken. That's right, Zong wants to... Release the Kraken! Spark? I thought he was dead! No matter. It's time to take out the trash. What exactly are you planning? Just killing the prince, destroying another planet, and having the universe bow before me in fear! Oh, yes. Anyone up for some lunch? Spark actually looks like a fun space adventure for kids, and it's got a solid voice cast with Susan Sarandon, Jessica Biel, Patrick Stewart, Hilary Swank, and some kid named Jace Norman as Spark. to our planet, but together, we're taking it back! Can we go to the bathroom first? Yes! 
I've been waiting 13 years for this. On April 21st, Oscar Isaac and Christian Bale star in the historical epic The Promise, set in the final years of the Ottoman Empire. A toast to old friends and you. Christopher Myers. Chris is a star reporter for the Associated Press. May I introduce Mademoiselle Anikasari? You're going to become a doctor. I hear a French accent. I lived in Paris for many years, but I'm a proud Armenian. Mikhail, you make me feel I've come home. These Germans want your sultan to declare a... Holy war! Oh my god, what was that? There's war and a love triangle between Isaac's Armenian doctor, Bale's American journalist, and Bale's wife of Armenian descent. The look of the picture is impressive, and it should with a $100 million budget, but there's nothing enticing in the trailer that actually makes me want to see it. It's a heavy story involving genocide, so don't go in expecting a fun night at the movies. We will make a stand, but we'll fight them from every rock. Our revenge will be to survive. Also on April 21st, an action comedy with a great ensemble cast led by Brie Larson. It's called Free Fire. It's good to meet you, boys. Thanks for coming out. Let's buy some guns, eh? So, what do you say we check out the merch? That's not what he ordered. They ordered M16s? Really? I'm not running a pizza delivery service. As you heard, Free Fire is about guns. Some guys want to buy some guns. Some other guys bring the guns that are for sale. Turns out they're the wrong guns. And things get testy. And, well, guns. Don't shoot the deal's off! Ah! I'll be shot! Oh, now we're cooking! Go for the case! You a bird, they're not gonna shoot the bird! You get the case! As mentioned, Brie Larson leads the charge, along with Charlotte Copley, Army Hammer, and Killian Murphy, to name a few. Most of the trailers are completely unusable for our purposes because the movie is violent, obscene, insane, and it looks wonderful. You've got two choices. One, you distract him and I leave. What? Or two, you kill all of these and I'll leave. You seem like a nice girl. We can't all be nice girls. Also on April 21st, a movie called Unforgettable, starring Katherine Heigl and Rosario Dawson. Can I confess something? I was really very scared to meet you. Me? Yes. You're gorgeous and talented. And your connection with David. You know, there was a time when I thought we were on the road to getting back together. And we met you. Heigl plays a woman who is having a hard time dealing with the fact that her ex-husband is getting remarried to Rosario Dawson. So she starts to lose it. I made one mistake. There isn't a day that goes by that Tessa. Goodbye. You're worthless, Julia. You will always be worthless. Eventually, she goes full crazy trying to break up the relationship and ruin Rosario Dawson's life before trying to end her life. I will suggest if you have any interest in actually seeing this movie, maybe don't watch the first trailer because it gives away a huge plot point 
Come on, trailers, stop giving away the farm. Tessa, she was the one behind all of this. Enough is enough. Are you threatening me? Yes, I'm threatening you. This is my life. It's mine! Up next, Jeff's going to tell you what the crowd reaction was to that very movie trailer when he went to see a movie this week, and he's going to review that movie going in style, and we will conclude our April movie preview. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Before we continue our April movie preview, Jeff, uh, you went to see a movie this week going in style, and the trailer for the last movie we talked about, Unforgettable, yeah, played. starring Catherine Heigl and Rosario Dawson, like we heard there. And when it uh, sort of fades away at the end, you could hear a lot of tittering laughter throughout the theater. It does not bode well for Unforgettable <laughs> whatsoever. Might be a, an early candidate for the Razzies. No, did that trailer that you saw use the, the actual song Unforgettable? Because one of the trailers does, it uses a cover version of the Nat King Cole classic. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. Said, no. They're just laughing because it's uh, yeah, Catherine Yeah, because Heigl. Catherine Heigl going full crazy just looked terrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, also, just a, a side fact, when I was getting that story ready, I couldn't say Rosario Dawson. I kept saying Rosario Darson. <laughs> it stars Catherine Heigl and Rosario Darson. I don't know what was going on. Uh, one more movie to tell you about on April 21st. A documentary about animals, and it's just in time for Earth Day. <laughs> Disney Nature proudly invites you to its most ambitious film yet. A groundbreaking journey inside the breathtaking wilds of China. Born in China takes us on a journey into areas where few people have ever ventured to some of the most extreme environments on Earth. Here's producer Roy Conley. What's really magnificent about the footage is how incredibly difficult it is to get that footage. The Qinghai Plateau is 14 to 16,000 feet high. Most mammals couldn't exist there, but for the snow leopard and a select few number of uh, animals, it's their home. The mountains of Sichuan, where the monkeys and pandas live, is pure cinematic magic. Born in China follows three animal families, snow leopards, golden snub-nosed monkeys, and panda bears. Looks pretty cool, and Disney says if you see it in the first week, they'll make a donation to World Wildlife Fund. The story of each of these animals touches our heart in a way that only Disney can. Disney Natures born in China. On April 28th, it's the Big Brother thriller, The Circle. I am a believer in the perfectibility of human beings. At The Circle, we can finally realize our potential. When we are our best selves, there isn't a problem that we cannot solve. We can cure any disease and we can end hunger. Imagine the human rights implications. The possibilities are endless. That's popular actor Tom Hanks. You may remember him from such films as Bonfire of the Vanities, Joe vs. the Volcano, and Dragnet. And the Burbs. And the Burbs, of course, giving an inspirational speech to his employees at The Circle. 
The Circle is a gigantic tech company of some kind, like the Grizzle Company in Parks and Rec or E Corp and Mr. Robot. They do everything and are everywhere, and the world would collapse without them because they've taken over every single facet of your life. And Emma Watson, the beauty from Beauty and the Beast, gets a job working there. You got the job at the Circle. Have a drink, have a good time, and stay excited. You're at the Circle. Hello, May. How are you? Jared here. I'll be doing your training. When I first started, it took me a few weeks to really get the hang of it. Believe me, you're doing fine. But it soon takes a creepy turn. Turns out the people who run the circle are a little more nefarious than you would think, especially since one of them is Tom Hanks. So, May, do you think you behave better or worse when you are being watched? We have cameras in place all over the world right now. What? We used to go on adventures, we used to have fun and see things, and now it's all filtered through this. Does this really seem okay to you? Watching you. I didn't create this, this is not what I had in mind. Watching you. Things at the circle, they need to change. Watching you. Everything recorded, seen, broadcast, restored, and analyzed here. They can use it however they see fit. So it's a paranoid Orwellian thriller about Big Brother, and Tom Hanks is a bad guy. He doesn't play bad guys enough. The movie also stars John Boyega of Star Wars fame, Patton Oswalt, and the late Bill Paxton. Knowing is good, but knowing everything is better. So, mate, is there anything you want to tell us? And not quite last, but most certainly least this month, a so-called comedy called How to Be a Latin Lover. Peggy dumped me. I have no money, no home, no helicopter. You could always try standing your sisters. Hey, Sara! It's Hector! His name is Ogo. It's about an aging Lothario played by Eugenio Derbez, whose only credit I recognize is the Adam Sandler crapster piece Jack and Jill. He loses his sugar mama and is forced to live with his sister, Salma Hayek, and her son, and he and the boy bond. The trailer is terrible. I won't subject you to much more of it. The worst part is this movie is filled with people I like. Besides Hayek, there's Kristen Bell, Michael Ciro, Raquel Welch, Linda Lavin, and the Robs, Cordry, Riggle, Lowe, and Hubel. But this movie is going to be the worst. I just let him drive from around the block. What's with all the robs? I don't know. It's weird, eh? I wonder if that was by design <laughs> where they got one or a couple of them and then they thought, hey, let's get more of them. Just showed up in the contact list. Like, oh, that guy's good. Oh, yeah, that guy's good too. Oh, that one too. Yeah. <laughs> one more movie to tell you about for April 28th to close out the month. It's a movie with the mark of excellence that is produced by WWE Studios. It's called Slight. As you can see, there's no string at all. What's your name? A uh, Holly. You can grab it, Holly. How did you do that? Despite the dig against WWE, and they're mostly not good movies, this looks kind of neat. Looks to be like a sci-fi magic crime drama, bit of a genre mashup about a street magician who appears to have actual magic powers. He gets set up, though, with some bad hombres into some shady stuff. This is turning into something I would have never signed up for. I never thought it'd get dangerous. I just wish I could move Tina to a neighborhood with a better school, surrounded with better people. You got my money? Don't make I gave you a job when you needed it most. I'm gonna kill you and every person you know. 
He tries to get out, the bad guys come for him, now he has to channel his inner Merlin to beat them. I can do something no one else can. Oh my god. I need more power. This isn't for a trick, is it? There's a lot of things in our lives that can trap us. But these barriers only exist if we let them. We can do whatever we want if we just believe we're able to. And that concludes the Couch Potatoes April movie preview. Up next, Jeff's got reviews of Going in Style and T2 Train Spotting. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Saw a couple of movies this week, including the one that just opened this weekend. It's called Going in Style. These banks destroyed this country, and nothing ever happened to them. I'm thinking of robbing a bank. I'm thinking about buying a Ferrari. We're gonna need a practice run. You guys are old. What would your mama say? Go big or go home. Going in style, starring Oscar winners Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin, and directed by Oscar viewer Zach Braff. A quick word about Braff. It's weird that he made this, right? He won some acclaim with his indie hit Garden State like 15 years ago. You remember that, Brett? Yeah. Yeah. And he's done some other indie stuff since then, but now he's doing a big studio movie with three heavyweight movie stars. I mean, I guess you wouldn't turn down a chance to work with these guys, but it's definitely a departure and I, I bet he had a lot of fun. Now it's pretty simple when it comes to going in style. Your mileage will vary on this movie based on how much you enjoy these guys and movies like say Wild Hogs or Grumpy Old Men. Even the love interest in this movie for Alan Arkin and Margaret. She was a love interest in Grumpy Old Men. These guys worked at a factory all their lives. The factory goes out of business. Their pensions are being lost. The bank is uh, behind it all. The bank's being a jerk. They're going to take Kane's home. They're going to crush uh, Freeman's medical insurance, and he's got kidney trouble, and that sort of thing. So they set out to rob the bank. Easier said than done, in general, and specifically at their advanced age. They hook up with a younger bank robber to sort of show them the ropes. They practice by trying to steal some groceries, which goes hilariously awry. Uh, They have a training montage, then it's time to rob the bank. There's some aftermath, and that's the end of the movie. Nothing fancy. Just a clever premise, I guess, and a lot of jokes about how old they are. A lot of it landed for me, too. I laughed a lot. I mean, cranky Alan Arkin is never not funny. And, of course, Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman, even if they're not providing niece slapping comedy at every single turn. They are literally among the most watchable actors of all time. This movie could have been eight hours long and I wouldn't have minded at all. Just them sitting around the diner where they hang out talking. That would have been fine. There are also strong comedic turns from Saturday Night Live's Keenan Thompson, Christopher Lloyd, and an actor named Josh Pius. Pius? I don't know how to say it. I've never seen him before. I know you have, Brett, because his IMDb says he played Stu Feldman on Ray Donovan. Is that ringing a bell? Uh, I need to look, look yeah, up. I need to look up that character. That I, but yeah, I, I've watched all of Ray Donovan, so I know you've seen this guy. Then he was also on Law and Order SU for like ten episodes. So I don't know if he just came coming back or it was a ten episode arc, whatever. Anyways, he's a banker here. He has some business later on in the movie that I can't get into because of spoilers. But it had me howling like embarrassing. What is wrong with that guy howling in the theater? Good times. The whole movie I thought was a good time. Nothing spectacular in the way of filmmaking. Certainly nothing you have to rush out and see on the big screen. You could wait to watch it at home. But if you do go out and see it, I guarantee you will enjoy yourself. I'll give you three and a half couch cushions out of five. It delivers everything it promises. You watch a trailer, you know what you're going to get, and you will enjoy it. And Absolutely. Josh Pay, Payas, Pay, however you say his name. P-A-I-S. I recognize him now. He plays, uh, as you mentioned, Stu Feldman. 
He's a big shot Hollywood producer, and uh, in particular, he the one scene I really remember him from is he wants to um, he wants to have show his affection, have affections with an adult film star, <laughs> and uh, he gets himself into trouble. Is he it. funny in it? Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, because he's hilarious in this too. Maybe not right away, but like I said, when he returns later in the film, he's just absolutely hysterical. Okay. So yeah, three and a half for going in style. Like I said, if you if you like the commercials, you like the trailer, you'll like the movie because it delivers exactly what it promises it will. The other movie I saw this week was called T2 Train Spotting. Missed you, man. I missed you too, Spotty. Choose your future. Choose wishing you'd done it all differently. Choose life. 20 years just flown by, eh? Train Spotting 2, or T2 Train Spotting as they call it, stars Ewan McGregor, Ewan Bremner, Johnny Lee Miller, and Robert Carlyle, directed by Danny Boyle. I've been looking forward to this one for months, ever since that trailer came out last fall. Didn't even know they were making a sequel, and then this trailer drops, and a wave of nostalgia washes over me the first time I saw it. It almost made me cry, and I'm not the only one. I've heard that from a lot of folks in their early 40s around my age. The sequel we didn't know we wanted. Train Spotting 1 came out in 1996 and it had a significant impact on a lot of us in our early 20s at the time. I, it was sort of like a like a Scottish Tarantino movie, very stylish, very R-rated, tackling taboo subjects and daring to bring some humor to very heavy topics like heroin addiction. And it also broke your heart. It walked this tightrope of joy and misery and it had a killer soundtrack. It ended with Ewan McGregor's character Mark stealing $16,000 from his friends after a drug dealer and then running away. Which brings us to the sequel. It's now 20 years later. Mark's mother has passed away, so he returns to Edinburgh from his exile in Amsterdam for her funeral. He gets back in touch with his old buddies, Spud and Sick Boy, played by Bremner and Miller. Spud is just glad to see him again. Sick Boy, who now goes by his real name Simon because he's a grown-up, is still mad at him about the past. Soon enough, though, they're all sort of up to their usual shenanigans with less heroin. Mark and Simon have kicked it, although Simon does a lot of cocaine. While Spud is still a heroin junkie, his life is not great by any means, but for a guy who's been hooked on heroin for 20 years, I was surprised it wasn't a lot worse. I was impressed that he was still alive. Not a lot of people lived through 20 years of that. You'd think he'd yeah. be gone. <laughs> the other main character, Begbie, played by Robert Carlyle, Carlyle, rather, is still in jail and gets arrested at the end of the first movie. But he gets out and is still very upset that Mark ripped them off. If they do cross paths, there could be trouble. I wonder if that'll happen. That's sort of the starting point. The story goes on from there. Sometimes to expected places, sometimes not, but it's a terrific journey. It was just great to get back into this world with these guys. The genius of the movie is... It's about exactly that, knowing the audience will be feeling it. Boyle makes a movie about whether or not you can go home again, the dangers of falling back into old habits, trying to forge ahead. So there's a lot of meta-commentary on the characters and the audience revisiting the original movie. There are also flashbacks to the original movie, but they're presented in a way that makes sense to the current story, and sort of the more I think about how they constructed this movie, the more I'm impressed I am by it. The look is phenomenal. The visuals blew my mind on more than one occasion, and not because of, you know, special effects per se, but just this great cinematography and the creativity by Boyle and his crew. The acting top-notch, you could tell everyone enjoyed revisiting their characters. Such a joy for them and us to return the, to this world. You'll laugh, you'll 
you'll cry, you'll learn about life. And again, there's this killer soundtrack. Bottom line, as far as unnecessary sequels go, this one really knocks it out of the park. Four and a half coach cushions out of five for train spotting two, the spotting. Um, PSO, <laughs> I will say, there's the accents, same as the first movie. It can be a problem. Spud and Begby have very thick Scottish accents. They talk fast, and it can be hard to understand. I think I got about 70% of the actual words coming out of their mouth and probably 85% of what they meant from the context and body language and gestures. So I'm looking forward to the Blu-ray and the subtitles down the road in this one to get it 100%. <laughs> That's good. Four and a half couch cushions out of five for yeah. train spotting two. What Absolutely. do you want to do now? The- uh, let's uh, talk about Gross Point Blank. Okay. Tuesday will be the 20th anniversary of one of my favorite 90s movies, the John Cusack black comedy Gross Point Blank. He plays Martin Blank, a hitman who goes back to his hometown for his high school reunion. Here he is catching up with his old buddy, Jeremy Piven. Yeah, so you look good. You seem good. Thank you. You may have, uh... Ten years, man! Ten! Where have you been for ten years? I freaked out. I joined the army. I worked for the government. I went into business with myself. I'm a professional killer. That's what I did. Okay, well, can I join up? Yes! <laughs> The movie also starred Mini Driver, Joan Cusack, Dan Aykroyd, Hank Azaria, and Alan Arkin, as it turns out. I heard that Clash song in my head last week, then I found Gross Point Blank on Netflix and rewatched it for the first time in quite a while. Still great, and just turns out that it's the 20th anniversary on Tuesday. Uh, it's funny, the Hitman stuff's a lot of fun. It's fairly stylish, of course, like Crane Spotting 2. The themes of revisiting your youth are here. It also has a killer soundtrack. A lot of 90s movies had really good soundtracks, I guess. Uh, just our age. An underrated gem of a movie. Uh, watch Gross Point Blank again if you've never, if you haven't seen it in a while, or watch it for the first time if you've never seen it. And we'll just quickly tell you what is coming to home video this upcoming Tuesday in the final thirty seconds that we have here on uh, DVD, Blu-ray, and on demand. Hidden Figures, Lion, couple of Best Picture nominees, yeah. as well as. Uh, Ooh, monster Trucks and the Bye Bye Man. So we mentioned those a couple weeks ago for Digital HD, and now they're coming to Blu-ray and On Demand and what have you. And Digital HD, another Best Picture nominee, La La Land, which was, for one fleeting moment, the Best Picture winner. <laughs> I'm Brad, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes, and remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.